You are listening to a message from The Exchange in Pearl, Mississippi. To find out more about The Exchange, go to www.theexchange.cc. Today we're kicking off a brand new series that we're calling Differently. All right, we're calling it differently. So can we just kind of all get on the same page from beginning today that we are living in a world right now filled with tension and turmoil? Yes, maybe, okay, yes. Perhaps never before in our nation's history and our world's history has there been so much turmoil, so much unrest, whether it's upcoming election, ongoing racial tension, global pandemic, mass, no mass. Do we like the school? Do we not like the school? Are we for the government, not for the government? It's everywhere, all right? Just turn on the news for 30 seconds. Better yet, don't do it, okay? It's everywhere. And so the question becomes this. What does that mean for the church? What does that mean for the people of God called by God to live out God's purposes in the world? What what is our response? And today, man, I hope that you see through part one and over the next few weeks of this series that God has a very clear and distinct calling on us to live differently. To live differently. To think, to act, to respond, and to live differently in a world full of brokenness and chaos. If you have a copy of Scripture, open up to 1 Peter um, chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 is where we're going to be. If you've got a hard copy of Scripture here in the room or at home, overflow, it's going to be towards the end of your hard copy. If you've got the Bible app, it's towards the bottom of your scroll, all right? However you're finding it, we'd love for you to have a copy of Scripture. And if you don't have a copy, we'll put some verses on the screen here in the room and online for you to follow along with where we're going to be today. Um, over the next few weeks, that's where we're going to go. That's our destination, 1 Peter. And we're going to hit multiple kind of cha- uh, chapters and passages throughout 1 Peter. It's a book of five chapters. We're going to hit four of those across the next four weeks together. Just to kind of give you a little context of what are we about to read, um, 1 Peter was written by a guy named, oh, I had so much faith in you and you came through. All right, if you online commented wrong, I'm sorry. These guys got it. It was written by Peter. It was written to a group of believers who, catch this, were undergoing a lot of persecution. Okay, there's an emperor named Nero. He was not a great emperor. He was bringing things down on God's people and all of the other people. And so Peter writes to them, and here's essentially what he's saying. He's like, man, keep up the hope. Like, stay encouraged. It may be difficult right now, but hang in there. That's what he's saying. And over and over, Peter puts this theme throughout his letter. Here's what he says. This world is not your home. That's what he says. This, man, it's temporary. This is this temporary place. You're just passing through. You're sojourners. You're foreigners in this place. This world is not your home. And here's what Peter's saying. Because the world is not really your home, live differently. That's what he's saying. And so catch this. Um, high school student, single parent at home today, catch this. If you're a follower of Jesus, God's call on you is to live differently. To live di- That's where we're headed today, all right, just to kind of give it away to live differently. And so let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to read verses 13 through 17, then we'll come back, kind of break them down, all right? Kick off with verse 13, follow along with me. It says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, that's you and me, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Verse 15, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I'm holy. 
Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. Another version says, uh, live out your time as temporary residents. In other words, this world is not our home. We're simply passing through, all right? It's an overnight extended stay. That's it. We're, We're passing through. This world is not our home. So therefore, God says there's a call to be different, to be different in the world. Now, the problem for so many people in our culture, or how about we just get real and get personal, the problem for so many of you is that the biggest obstacle for you fully following Christ is your overwhelming desire to fit in. All right, the obstacle to you doing this, living differently, is this longing inside of this flesh that we live in that I gotta belong. I gotta fit in with the rest of the world. So let's just lay this foundation from the get go. You ready? God did not call you to fit in, but He has called you to stand out. You should write that down. God did not call you to fit in, all right, but He called you to stand out. He never said we were to blend into the things of the world and never see anything different, right? What did Romans 12 tell us? He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but instead be what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's a clear call to be different. As Jesus followers, we're called to stand out, to set apart, to be different, okay? Let me just like throw out this question. Why would we want to be normal anyway? Have you seen normal lately? Have you seen it? Normal is, normal is broke. Normal's bondage. Normal's overwhelmed with fear. Normal is divorce and tension and sleepless nights. Normal is anxiety overwhelming, dominating the mind. Normal is fighting on social media. Normal is not liking the job and leaving it. Normal is depression, being overwhelmed by so listen. That's what normal is. And here's what I'm here to say. I don't know about you, but like, I don't want any part of normal. Like, get me off the normal train. I'd love to take a a left turn off of normal road. And Jesus, in essence, in the New Testament, here's what he said. He said that there is a normal road. He says, it's a wide road. And you know what he said? He said, there's a lot of people who find it. Like, it's not even hard. There's many people who travel that wide road. But he also said this. He said, but there's a different way. There's a different road. Now listen, it's not wide, it's narrow. And the gate is small. And what he says is, is he says, wide is the road that leads to destruction, but narrow is the road that leads to, what does he say? To life. And then he goes on, and watch this, this is an important phrase. He says, and few people find it. Church, I'll be real with you today, man. Here's my hope for us in the room, online, overflow today. My my hope is that we would be part of the few, that we would be different, that um, we would be so passionate about it, so true to it, so surrendered to it, that, that there would be more and more and more who are added to the few because of the way that we live. See, there's a clear call to be different. That's not the normal road. But that's a different road. And so as we dive in today to kind of break down the text a little further, I just kind of throw this little disclaimer out there. I just want to say if there are any of you are in the room watching today, if there are any of you who are perfect, 
this message is actually not for you. And so I'm not sure why you tuned in or showed up today. Like I wasn't writing to you this week. So guess what? Like free pass for you today. That's awesome. Like you can tune in out. Like you don't have to take notes anymore. Like I got nothing for you today. If you need to slide out to lunch a little bit early, okay, you can go to side doors or back doors. Like it's not for you. And for some of you, if you're new, like online or in the room and you're like, okay, one, this guy's crazy, but like two, does he think, is the preacher perfect? Okay. Just lean over to somebody who's been here for a little while and they'll tell you like, no, he's not. Uh, <laughs> no, you should hear some of his stories. Okay. We bring my wife in here. How about that? That would finalize it all. She would, she would give you the real truth, right? No, I mean, we, we're, we're a family full of imperfect people who are figuring out this road to, to following Jesus and living differently in the world. In, in all seriousness, here's my hope today, okay, that God's going to use just the next few minutes or as you sit on your couch, as you're here in the room, in our overflow space, that God would take his living and active word and that he would speak to you and that it would man, motivate you, call you, change you, challenge you to live differently that we'd, we'd stop settling for normal because that's, that's what normal is and, and we don't want to be a part of that. So follow with me. First Peter chapter one, let's look at verse 14 again. Here's what he says. He says, as obedient children, all right, that's who you and I are supposed to be, do not conform to the evil desires, catch this phrase, you had when you lived in ignorance. In other words, here's what he's saying. Let's stop there. In other words, there was a time when you didn't know any better. That's what he means by the word ignorance, okay? And let, let me just be honest. There's some of you, all right, listening today, like that's where you are, okay? Like you, you, you don't know better yet, all right? You, you, you're still being transformed. You're still figuring out what does relationship with Jesus really look like, all right? You heard it in Destiny's story before. Like there was a time where it was old life and she didn't know better. But now listen, there's a lot of you who would go like, man, I'm a follower of Jesus, okay? So here's what that means, all right? Just like mama said, all right, you should know better, okay? Here's what I'm saying. God is telling us today, he's giving us a reminder, you should know better. Like, that's not who you are. You're not living in this ignorant way of not knowing. And he goes on in verse 15, follow me. It says, but just as he, God, okay, called you as holy, so you be holy in all you do. Verse 16, for it is written, be holy because I, God, am holy. Be holy because I'm holy. Be holy in all that you do is actually what he says there. And what I hope you'll notice uh, first is what the text doesn't say. Now, listen, this is what a lot of people believe that it says or kind of what they want it to say, but it does not say be happy in all that you do because I am happy. You're called to be happy too, all right? That's not what the proper translation says. But listen, let's be real. For so many people today, they believe that God's highest calling and purpose for us is happiness. We're just supposed to find it. And, and here's what I'm telling you today. The problem with, with happiness is oftentimes happiness is based on happenings and how long you lived in this world. Happenings do not always make you happy. You ever stood in the Walmart checkout line at Christmas time? Mm-hmm. Ain't that just a bundle of happiness, right? All right, we all happy when we get done. Are you, ever, you ever had a flat tire before? In the rain? On the way to work while you laid and the boss is all right, you're on the boss's bad side. Happenings, guys, is not, is not always happy. They will leave us unhappy. But here's what Peter's saying. He's saying, hear me, there, there's a deep joy that's unwavering that cannot be shaken when you live in a surrendered, life-giving, daily relationship with Jesus. 
Ain't no happy that can stack up to that. And that's what he calls us to. So realize this, church. God's highest calling for Jesus followers is not their happiness. It's not. I don't, I don't care what you've heard before. God's highest calling is not our happiness, but it is our, it's our holiness. It's a call to be like him. And here's the problem with this. Let's take it a little bit deeper. The problem with what we could call uh, the theology of happiness, let's just call it that, um, which is that God's highest priority is for you and me to be happy. The problem with that is that it causes us to have room to begin to believe and allow for what we could call personal justification. All right? Person now, here's what that means. That's just big words to say this. Well, if God wants me happy above all things, then... All right, I can justify some things all right, that are unwise and just plain out wrong in my life. Okay, like let's, let's try it on this way. If God wants me to be happy, all right, and I'm not happy in my marriage, all right, bump the covenant that we made with God and my spouse, all right, I'm not happy and I'm deucing out because I'm not happy. Or uh, what about this one? Well, I, well, God calls me to be happy, and I'm not happy because I don't have that thing, all right? Whatever that is, the new truck or the gun or the outfit or the, you fill in the blank. And so because I don't have that thing, and I think God wants me to be happy, all right, he knows the desires of my heart, all right, you twist that thing and love, and, and you go, well, then I'll get it by any means. Still borrow, beg, go in debt up to my eyeballs because I'm going to be happy. Or how about this one? Well, if God wants me to be happy, then, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm dating someone, and I know that we should probably, I mean, I think I've heard before that we should probably wait until we're married to kind of open that gift that God gives of lovemaking, because that was made for, for marriage. But listen, I got needs, and I'm a man, and I need my needs met. And listen, we're, we're in love, right? We're, we're engaged in our hearts. You know how long we've been together? God sees that. And God wants me to be happy. And what I'm saying, church, is very real. That that thought of theology of happiness will, will cause you and me to justify things that are unwise and completely wrong and against God's purposes for our life. God calls us to be set apart. And hear me, it goes further. When we believe that God's highest priority in our life is just to make us happy, then listen, here's what we'll do. We, we, we will believe that discomfort or delay or risk or inconvenience couldn't possibly be part of God's will for our life. No way. Okay. And we'll suddenly, without even realizing it, we'll begin to, to worship um, idols or false gods of comfort or money or pleasure because we go, well, God's supposed to make me happy. God's supposed to come. I want that thing. God knows that. And we begin to buy into that. And listen to me, church. This is very, very clear. We need to understand God does not exist to serve us. He's not a personal vending machine. But we have been created from the beginning, right? Genesis 1. He created us. He created us to exist to serve and glorify him. And sometimes we get that narrative completely flipped. So what does the word holy mean? Like, what does that really mean? It's kind of a churchy word. Read it in the Bible. Well, it comes from the Greek word um, hagios, and holy simply means this. Let me make it real simple. We'll put it on the screen. Holy means um, different. It means set apart, or we could say it means pure. It means different. It means to be set apart. It means pure. God is calling us to be different, to live differently. So here's what that means. Um, if you ever live different from the world, 
there's a chance you might be choosing to follow Jesus with your life. But let me tell you on the flip side, if nothing in your life is ever really different than anybody else around you, I can promise you there's a really good chance you're not following Jesus with your life. Because God, he says it here in his word. He calls us to be different and to be set apart. A couple years ago, um, my daughter uh, named Kate, our daughter, who is a senior in high school now. I know daddy feels old. All right. But she was invited by a young man in her school to go to her first ever high school prom. So, man, she was fired up. All right. As most girls would be when they get an invite to go to a prom or out on a day. And so, man, she was fired up. Get to have the dress. Right. Get her makeup done. Get her hair did. She's fired up. And so, uh, my wife and I, who like to think that we were in high school not too long ago, okay, know some of the, um, the temptations, the traps that could come with a night away at the prom and some of the after-prom, post-prom activities. And so the day of her prom, before the whole process started to makeup and hair and all of that, I just walked in her room and sat down, and we kind of had just like a little daddy-daughter chat. And, man, I told her like how fired up mama and I were that she got invited and how excited we were for her and how we hoped that like she created you know a night of memories that she would be able to look back fondly on for years and years to come but I said Kate um you know tonight is going to present an opportunity for you to be a leader you see before she could drive to school I'd drop her off at school and there'd be three things that I always said before she got out I said one I love you two I want you to give your best and three I want you to be a leader today and that afternoon in her room, before she put on the dress and the sparkles and the makeup, I said, Kate, tonight we'll present an opportunity for you to be a leader. And uh, sometimes being a leader means that you go one way even when everybody else goes the other way. And uh, sometimes being a leader means that you stand for truth and for righteousness even if you have to stand alone. Because you see, earlier that week, um, she had gotten an invite from a girl in her grade to a post-prom party. And it just so happened to be the sister of the young man who had invited her to prom. But she'd also found out that there would be no adult supervision at this post-prom party, which obviously opened up a lot of room for a lot of things to potentially happen that would not be God-honoring. And so as parents who were trying to love and disciple, we said, hey, Kate, we really don't think that that would be the wise investment of your time after prom, like there's probably some other things that you could figure out how to use your time that would be more God-honoring. But that night, she left my house with a young man in his car, knowing the party was happening at his house, knowing like that's where it was going down. That's where the action was going to be, and almost all the kids in her grade were going to be there. And let's be real, you've been a teenager before. Like she... She could have done everything in her repertoire to work out the slickest little lie to try to go behind mom and dad's back. They won't know. To try to figure out how to end up at that place because that's where it was happening. But instead, she chose to message the girl who had invited her to the party, and she graciously backed out. She found some other kids at the dance, and she ended the night at Waffle House so that she could choose to look back at her first prom with fond memories. And listen to me, church. I'm not telling you that we always get it right at my house. But what I'm telling you is the strategy is teach them to follow Jesus and give them the courage to be different. 
You teach them to follow Jesus, and then you release with the courage to be different. Listen, I can't count the number of times at my house where we've said, it doesn't matter how many or who is doing such and such, we're going to do different. Not just to do different, but we show the value in why we're going to choose to live differently because so many times different is better. Different is what God calls us to live in. And here's what I'm saying. All that to say to my parents in the room online in the lobby today, listen to me. You can't expect your children to be raised up to be different if at some point you don't choose to be different. I'm just saying your junior high kid ain't going to give a rip about living different than all of their friends at school or on Instagram unless you choose to model differently. Like in what you watch, in what you say, in what you choose to tolerate, in what you post and fight about online, they're watching. And until we model a call, a godly call to be different, they will have no desire to follow. There'll be no value in following. God's called us to be different. And listen to me. The standards may look a little bit different at my house than how you choose to hold up standards at your house. That don't really matter. The, re the reality is all of us are seeking godly standards that would call us to look and live a little bit differently. That's what 1 Peter says. And here's what he goes on to say. Look at it. I love how he says it in the New Living Translation. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14. See it on the screen. So you must live as God's obedient children. Watch this phrase. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. I love the verbiage of the new living. It says, don't slip back. Don't um, slide into trouble. Don't fall back into it. How many of you know that you can slip into trouble, but you ain't never going to slip into righteousness? Uh-huh. Man, I had a lot of people sit in my office and be like, man, I, I fell into sin, but I ain't never had nobody sit in the chair and look at me and be like, man, I don't know what happened. Like, I just, I just fell straight into righteousness. Wasn't even trying. Like, I wasn't even giving effort. Like, I, I woke up, and I was trying to chase sin, and, like, holiness just started coming after me. I couldn't get away from it. Just, whoop, there it is. Fell back into it, and here I am, perfect. Look at me. We ain't never said, why? Because that's not how it works. Oh, but we can think that sometimes, don't we? I mean, the enemy, Scripture says it. The enemy's what? He's subtle. He's sly. He'll slide. What's his name? The, the father of lies. Like, he's, he's the expert liar. The master of what? Deceit. He could trick you and me in a heartbeat before we ever know it. Right? And he never comes to you because he's subtle. and subtle. He never comes to us as like, hey, hey, listen, why don't you be a devil worshiper? Start holding a seance in your garage and invite the neighbors. He don't do that. He never comes to you like that. No, he's subtle. He's like, and, and he comes to you just like he came to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. First man and woman. He's like, all right, here's my attack plan. What'd he say? He scrolls up to him and he goes, what? Did God really say you can't eat that fruit? I mean, come on. Like, there was clearly like a little asterisk at the bottom of the contract, right? Did God really say that? And listen to me. That's how he will attack you and me too. It's the oldest strategy in the book, and he's been using it for thousands of years. And listen to me. There have been millions or billions, however you want to calculate it up, who, who've fallen off the standard of holiness because he slid in and just said that right there. Did God really say? And they did just like what? Fill in the blank, right? 
Did God really say that you got to wait until you're married to, like, do intimacy? Did he really say that? Did God really say that, like, you, you should pray and go to church and read your Bible? Like, you could, you could be a Christian on your own, right? You love God. Did God really say? Like, did he really say, like, you can't post half-naked photos to Instagram? I mean, like, let's be real. Most everybody else is doing it, right? It gets the most likes. Did God really say? Did he really say that you couldn't watch that show on Netflix or HBO? You know, you know I mean, the kids are in bed. You're, you're a big boy and girl. Did God really say? What, show me the verse where he said that you can't listen to the song that's got that lyric. Show me. Did, did he really say that? You fill in the blank with whatever you want to fill it in, all right? And the enemy's been using it since, since Genesis 3. Did God really say? And listen, this is... Just be real. Like, this is where this message is hard to communicate because as I name those things and I'm just man, laying things out there that I know are in our world, like the, the temptation for all of us, like you and me both, you in your living room today, is like, well, well, you get hung up on one thing or another thing, right? And you go like, well, if I don't do that thing, like that's holiness. Or if I do this, that's holiness. Listen to me. And you start stacking it up and you go like, well, I'm, I mean, I, if that's your list, like, I, I think I'm all right. Like, I, I think I'm better than most people. Like, listen, pastor, like, I, I mean, my Facebook friends, like, I, no, you guys, I'm, I'm here, like, there, it's here, okay? Some, some of them are, like, way down here. Like, I'm, mine's definitely stacked up to be a little more righteous on Instagram. This one, yeah, they're a little more trash, okay? Like, and when you start stacking it up, and it's like, well, I'm, I'm better than most people. Listen to me. Most people aren't the standard. God said, be set apart for, for me. And he actually says in Romans 3, he says, none of us meet his standard. That's why Jesus came to play. He says, be set apart. So here's, here's what I'm going to give you. All right? I'm going to give you three questions. Okay, I'm going to ask you to write these down here in the room, overflow, pull out a notepad at home today, type them on your phone. This is three questions. You're not going to answer them right now, but this is like if you want to take this and make it sticky so that it wasn't like just a 30-minute little deal we did on Sunday, but like it changed you to live differently out there, here's three questions just for you to ponder. You ready? Here's number one. What are three areas... I struggle most trying to fit in. High school student, that'd be a great one to write down. Like, what are, what are three areas that I struggle most to fit in? All right, and dad, before you elbow your high school student, like, it's yours too. What it, like, what are they? There may be like seven, eight, 12, I don't know, but like, let's just go with three. What, what are three areas of your life right now, like, if you go, man, I struggle because I want, I want to be seen that way or I want them to like me or comment or Follow, like, okay, here's number two. You ready? We'll keep number one up there. What are the biggest ways that I'm different from the world? What is that? Because, let's be real, we read it. Like, if you're a follower of Jesus, there should be something. All right, hopefully more than two. All right, what, what are the biggest ways that I'm different than the world? What, what are you, how are you different? And then here's the biggest application point. You ready? Here's number three. What is the area or areas that God wants me to be different? What is it? If he says today, think, act, respond, live differently, what is that for you? Like, he's probably been speaking. Okay, I know I'm talking up here, but like, he, he speaks to us. We said that a few weeks ago. What is that area that he's calling you to right now? Because guess what? In just a minute, you can get it to be obedient to that. So listen to the voice of God. Respond to that. Okay, I don't know if maybe it's your first time tuning in online. We got some first people online today. All right, maybe brand new people in the building. Sorry you had to sit in the lobby. All right, but listen. Like, we don't, we don't just show up and kind of, like, do this thing for an hour, but we actually believe that, that James in the Bible says that you're not just hearers of the word, but what does he say? He said that you come doers. So, like, we take the truth and we apply it so that we live more like Jesus. And so today, that's my hope that, that God is using that. Now, 
I know that we probably got some people who are listening today, and you're kind of going like, hmm, you come a little heavy, a little hard today. Like, why, do, why does it even matter that much? Like, I feel like I'm doing all right, okay? Let me, let me show you, all right, from Scripture why I believe it matters today. Go back to 1 Peter. Pick up verse 18. Here, here's why it matters. He writes, he says, For you know that it was not with perishable things, like worldly things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, that you were made new, that you were found, handed down to you from your ancestors. But it was with the precious blood of Christ, of Jesus, who was a lamb without blemish or defect. Verse 20. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Verse 21, and through him, because of him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead, and then he glorified Jesus so that your faith and my faith and our hope are in God. Listen to me, church. It's through Jesus. It's through him that we're made new. It's through him that the old life becomes new. A dead man can't resurrect himself. You you can't get churchy enough for God to like love you and accept you. Okay, you've been enough times. That's not it. Now listen to me. Living holy is not the path to knowing Christ. Knowing Christ is the pathway to holiness. I'm going to let that sink for a second. Living holy is not the path to knowing Christ. But knowing Christ, being rooted and found in him, is the pathway to what should produce holiness in your life. And here's what that begins to look like. Suddenly it begins to go, when I know Christ, it's no longer that I I have to live this way or I don't get to do that thing or I really want to do that thing because that kind of looks more fun than what the church people are having to do, right? Like that's not what it is. No, but it begins to change to go like, no, he's changed me from the inside. There's a new heart taking place in here and it flows from the inside out and and it doesn't sound like well oh I gotta live this way or oh I can't do this school friends listen no no it begins to change and it's not like it's it's hey I don't want to do anything that's displeasing to God my greatest aim is to honor him and if that means living differently if that means that they laugh okay if that means that they criticize or don't understand right now why I'm not a part of that, why I'm not going there after work, okay. But like I'm, I'm so in love with what he has done personally for me. I live for this audience of one, and man, the world is loud, but, but he is my affection, he is my joy, and, and I'm not ashamed to live differently because it's what matters for eternity. And whatever you do, don't, don't miss this part today, church, because, man, I don't want you to leave with, with a twisted mindset. Hear this. Holiness, okay, this, this call to be set apart different, holiness is not outward behavior modification, but it is inward spiritual transformation. Okay, you might want to take that one down. Holiness is not Outward, do better, live different, try harder. It's not outward behavior modification. It is an inward out process that starts with inward spiritual transformation. So here's what that practically looks like. It's not, it's not, oh, look, 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 look. I don't say bad words anymore. 
right? Not, not just around the kids. Like, I don't. Like, you hear it? You heard one come out of my mouth? I dropped a four-letter recently. No, 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 I don't. Like, I don't say bad words anymore. That's not it. It's, it's this. Hey, look, 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 look. Something's different here. Like, it's, it processes differently here. And Scripture says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth actually speaks. And, and my, my heart's new. And, and, and my life is called to live differently. And that may be really hard and be really hard to live out right now in this moment in history, in the world, at my school, on my social media feed, in my own household, in my neighborhood. It may be hard, but listen to me. I'm unashamed to live differently because he, he's changing me. And it's not, it doesn't have to look like this. Oh, it's Monday. Oh, try to live hard. Try to live holy. Try to live holy. Oh, it's Friday night. Oh, here comes the greatest temptation. Live holy. Blah, blah, blah. No, no, listen. That's not how it looks. It goes, dude, like the, the fruit of the Spirit is coming out of me because it's, it's who I am. Like there's love and joy and self-control and, and patience and, and faith. Like it's just flo- because I'm so rooted in him. Like I don't, I don't live for him for an hour on Sunday, but like it's daily. I'm in his presence. He speaks to me. I hear from him. I respond. And he's, he's changing me. Like, I'm, I'm literally different. And it wasn't a natural change. Like, it took supernatural. But he's changed me from the inside, and I've been called to live different. Listen to me, church. My, my prayer in this moment right here, for those of you in your living room and here in this room, is that God would use his words, that his Holy Spirit, I believe, is real, active right now, that he would do what my words can't do, okay, because they're very insufficient. And that he would just kind of open up areas of your life, prompt you, maybe even as he has over the last 30 minutes or so, um, to uncover areas of your life that are displeasing to God, that are not, um, they're not set apart for him. You've kind of been doing your thing, and it kind of looks a lot like the world. And that he would prompt you, not out of obligation, but out of a transformation that he's doing in you, to live differently. And that you would understand um, that living holy is not the pathway to finding Jesus, but when you found him and you're found in him, that becomes the pathway to living a holy and a set-apart life. And that you would begin to pray this, God, help me. God, help me in whatever area, whatever environment I'm not. God, help me not to fit in, but help me to stand out. Thanks for listening to this message from The Exchange. If you would like to talk to someone about your faith journey, you can contact us through our website, www.theexchange.cc, or by calling or texting 601-397-6111. Now let's go be the church.